Ladies, I don't know about you, but I am so ready to set a new intention and a new vision for 2021. If you want to hop on and reshape your mindset, your body, your physical body, self-talk, learn how to just stop the negative talk and transform your mind, learn some new workouts and movements, manage your stress and overcome roadblocks that have been just keeping you back. Learn some new self-care and affirmations and hear from top experts and guest trainers to help you build more confidence and faith in yourself. Then you need to jump on in to my eight-week group coaching program starting January 11th. I cannot wait to share what this program is, and how it will transform you. Send me a message if it's something you are interested in and want to learn more about. I hope to hear from you soon and enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, it's Kelly Tyen, your host of Addicted to the Climb. I've been through my fair share of obstacles, setbacks, and even tragedies that have really rocked my world. But one thing I do know, if I don't keep moving forward, I'll stay stuck. I mean, who wants to live year after year in the same place? Not me, and I know you definitely don't want to either. Whether you have health and fitness goals, relationship goals, career, or even spiritual ones, I'm going to bring you hope, inspiration, and motivation so you can achieve what you've always wanted and be an overcomer in your life. Are you ready to take a step forward and stop climbing higher with me? I can't wait to take you on this journey. So let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to another incredible episode of Addicted to the Climb today. When I say incredible, I mean lights out incredible. Wait until you guys meet my next guest who I recently just became friends with. And I'm super, I'm feeling super blessed about this. You know, exactly. We, We could be dancing right now. Oh, wait until I dive in. My guest today is literally going to have you fired up to live your fullest potential and actually convince you by the end of the show that you were really born to win. Gibson Silvestri is a business expert, entrepreneur, and life coach who has been inspiring the masses around the globe for a while now. He is a best-selling author, humanitarian, celebrity life coach, and CEO, among many other roles that we will dive into. His relentless desire to help others succeed has led him to reach countless lives around the globe, and many have been inspired by his messages to reach their untapped potential. He has shared his dynamic principles and messages with heads of state, royal families, NFL players, NBA players, Fortune 500 CEOs, and the list is pretty much endless. I am so beyond blessed, as I said, to have him on my show today so he can bring his message to you and change your life right now in this very moment, which we all need. Let's get addicted to the climb today together with Gibson Silvestri. Welcome. Woo, let's go. Let's go. What a wonderful, wonderful introduction. Thank you. You're far too kind. You're far too kind. Not at all. That That's not even half of it. So <laughs> don't be bashful. But let's, well, first of all, not to mention 
he's killing it in the fashion world. Okay. I love it. I love it. I got a passion for fashion. You know, Coco Chanel, who's one of my favorite designers, she used to say that fashion is instant language. Isn't and it? I remember uh, there was a time where I went through a big time depression in my life and, you know, kind of was staying inside, not shaving and just going through the whole the depressing thing and being in the dark room. And I just got up and I had uh, the most expensive suit I had in my closet was a navy blue Armani suit. I just grabbed that suit, shaved, put it on, looked myself in the, in the mirror and said, Gibson, you can get back up from being knocked down. You can get back up again. You can fight again. And you're not, it's not over until you win. And if life knocks you down, make sure you fall on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. I and love I that. that from my good friend and mentor, uh, Les Brown. Yes. So yeah, so, you know, life is gonna knock you down. None of us leaves out of this thing called life unscathed, untouched. You know, things will touch us, trials and tribulations may. But, you know, my good friend and mentor used to tell me, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Do put mm. that in your pipe and smoke it. Let's go. <laughs> let's <Woo>! go. <laughs> fired up right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, let's get him fired up. You know, let's. I, I always say I'm the I'm your dark cup of coffee espresso. No sugar, no cream. Waking <laughs> you up. Let's go. That's the way I like my coffee. Actually, I'm a double <laughs> espresso, black, and no cream, no sugar. So that's that's right up my alley. I love it. Well, I want to start by asking you a first a. A, you know, a few fun questions before okay, we great. jump in. I like to do fun questions in the beginning. So why don't you tell us, speaking of fun, what do you do for fun? Well, um, right now with COVID, it's, uh, it's, it's not too many things I get a chance to do. But what I actually like doing is um, I try to do an act of kindness, a random act of kindness every day. I've been doing so for the last 10 years. So I like to do like like things that people that when people least expect it, that's when I like to do it. And so I, I enjoy going to the store and uh, and then seeing like a single mom or someone that's struggling and just saying, hey, don't worry about it today. And usually they protest. And I tell you, I get such a kick out of that. It's it's a you wouldn't even imagine. I get such a, a kick out of that and just seeing people uh, flip out about that and just seeing how a simple little thing of going to Starbucks and paying for someone's coffee or, you know, a single mom paying for her groceries and seeing those tears well up in her eyes and, and she gets emotional and you get emotional. That to me, um, they actually have a, a thing for it. They call it the giver's high. And it's, it's literally a chemical that's released in your, your, your brain. Um, I think it's called epinephrine is the, is the chemical. It's, it's a specific chemical mm -hmm. that our creator made us with. Whenever we give, it literally triggers a part of our brain that gives us a feeling of euphoria and a feeling of happiness. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. I mean, from a, from a, a spiritual standpoint, but also from a scientific standpoint. So I like, I get a kick out of that, you know, and just like, well, like if I, if I go and, um, you know, playing video games or or something i'll just say hey you know i just want to randomly bless these people just don't let them know it's me and then someone will go over to them and say hey uh someone just paid for all your video games 
and just seeing their face light up. Oh, I get a kick out of that. That's the best. You know, and the fact, and especially, especially when they don't know it's me and you just see them and they're kind of looking around trying to figure out who did it. Oh my gosh. And I just kind of like, you know, just undercover, you know, you know, I, I like that kind of stuff. You know what? Everyone already take notes. This is your first little tip in this um, podcast, random acts of kindness on a daily basis. Hey, even if it's the first time you're doing something like this, just try to do it twice a week. Shoot for the and, first. And it's so contagious. I, I, recently, I did it at a store. Um, I saw a guy who was letting nurses skip because they were on their shift. They were at a little convenience store. He kept letting them skip. There was like three or four of them. So he lets them all skip. And I said, I'm buying that guy's whatever he's buying. So I, I just came up to him. I said, excuse me, everybody. I just want to pay for everything this guy is, is paying for. He said, no one has ever done that for him. And came to find out he was so blown away. He, he was there with his wife. He was so blown away. And there was a long line. He said, everyone in the line, I'm paying for everyone's items. Every single person. Wow. So I didn't know, but this guy was uh, obviously a well-to-do guy. And then I'll never forget, there was a single mom that came up to him and she was out of work in tears. And she said, you have no idea. I was walking up to that register praying to God that my car didn't decline. And the fact that you did this, just, you know, he was crying, his wife was crying, I was crying. We're a hot mess, Kelly, hot mess, I, it's, hot mess. I know, it's there's nothing you like know? it, like you said, yeah. it releases that, Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. That's a beautiful thing, that is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I'm gonna even start incorporating that in my day more, because I love it. So thanks for that reminder. What are you Thank reading you. right now? Right now, um, this is gonna might surprise people, but probably not. I'm reading um, Mel Robbins. She has a book called the uh, the Five Second Rule, mm -hmm. and so that book is just uh, mm -hmm. it's like a it's like a a life box a life coach in a box. She just kicks your butt mm -hmm. and just challenges you. And she talks about her own struggle of depression and being in bed and uh, her husband almost losing the restaurant and just these little uh, tips and different tools that she's used that was literally able to transform her life. And so um, I'm always, I'm, my, my belief is this, my, uh, I'm under the fundamental belief of this. I'm always a student and never a scholar. Mm. So I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to grow. Um, I feel like as long as uh, the, 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 the good Lord has us here, yep. we're always needing to try to improve ourselves and become better. Mm -hmm. So um, always a student, never a scholar. Absolutely. Because we're a work in progress. Exactly. So we're never going to get to the end of anything. We have to just keep progressing in learning so we can grow. Perfect. Exactly. And, and, said. And, it's, and it's like, it's one of, it's one of my fundamental beliefs in terms of there's two types of individuals in life. There's people that have what I call a fixed mindset and then people that have that have a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. So when I coach people mm -hmm. in my coaching practice, I always uh, I always try to to interrupt their limiting beliefs because if you approach a situation from a fixed mindset, you say, well, I'm not a good uh, organized person or I'm not a good reader, whatever you say, I'm not a good leader, I'm not a good mom. So if you have if you approach the situation, from a fixed mindset, then you're not gonna be incentivized to improve. But if you approach it from a complete different perspective and say, hey, let's approach it from a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. You can say, I may not be the best at this today, 
but I'm going to grow. I'm going to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm going to, you know, push it to the limit. I'm going to get fired up so that I'll be, uh, be able to be the best version of myself for myself, for my family, for my community, for my kids. And so this is, this is a, a very important thing, you know? Absolutely. I want to ask you, because you are so passionate, it exudes, like it, it's coming through how passionate you are about all of this that we're talking about. What were you like as a child? Were you just like this? In, in, I want to know a little bit about your family and your background. And Well, well as, a, as a child, um, I had two parents that were looked at me and viewed me as very, very optimistically. I mean, they, th there was nothing I couldn't do. I, I, I could be anything I wanted. So they had a great uh, belief in me that instilled like a great, uh, a great sense of confidence in myself. However, um, there was a, there was a period in my, in my, in my adolescence where um, I, I allowed bad influences to basically snuff me out because you know kids kind of they kind of pick at you like oh this kid is a goody two shoes and so they would kind of bully me and i had some learning disabilities as well and i had a, a teacher uh tell me that i was stupid in front of the whole class one of the biggest mistakes i've ever made was listening to her so i went from being this very effervescent um confident young man to just like being very uh, aloof and um, very dark. I got in trouble a lot at school, um, was thrown out of school. And so all these different things started to happen. And at one point I actually became the dark sheep of the family, believe it or not. But I, I um, but people, but believe it or not, people still believed in me. I had adults in my life uh, from my mother, my Sunday school teacher, um, you know, I always say this, if I've seen more than anyone, it's because I've stood on the shoulder of giants. You know, um, I am who I am because somebody loved me. Somebody tended to me. Somebody invested in me. Somebody uh, looked out to me. You know, um, when I was down, um, people believed in me. And I always say a good friend or a good mentor is always somebody that believes in you up until the point you can believe in yourself. Mm. And that's the most important thing. So although I didn't have confidence in myself, although I didn't have faith in myself, there were others that had faith in myself to the point where I had to build up my own confidence. And now today I have confidence in myself, you know? And so I, I grew up playing sports. I was very competitive in sports. Um, you know, I was always vertically challenged. So I knew probably I wasn't gonna be playing professional sports, but um, I had a big transformation as a, as a, as a, as a, a preteen and became a bit of a, a child prodigy. Um, I would, you know, attend city council meetings. I would write the governor of my state. Um, actually, I knew the governor. He would invite me up to the state house to talk about, you know, uh, great legislative problems on the playground and how we can make neighborhoods safer. You know, I was like that kid, you know, I was like a, like a mini man. Um, people, people like older folks would say, this kid is like, he's, he's wise beyond his age. I started organizations at, at a young age that would reach the world. Um, by the time I was uh, 21, I had already, uh, you know, build wells and build schools and build hospitals in about 20 countries around the world. Um, and, uh, and so it was, it was, it was just like, um, from a very young age, I had a sense of mission. And I always had the sense that that life was short. 
in that you you kind of had to make the best of it. You kind of had to, uh, as St. Augustine said, you had to do uh, the, the the most you could do for the most people you could do with all that you had in the in the most uh, efficient way, as St. Augustine said. So that was a, a driving force of my life at a very young age to just just try to grab life by the horns and make the best out of it. You know, if life gave you lemons, try to make some lemonade out of it. You know, if you find yourself in a down position, um, try to try to come up and 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 take uh, a negative and turn it into a positive because you could do that. Any situation, you can turn a negative into a positive, but and it's I just want, a mindset thing. It is. And I want to say something about that because I think a lot of people, even when they get maybe mid 40s, they hit 50, they say, oh, it's just too late. Uh, you know, they, they kind of throw the towel in. And what do you say to those people that need a boost right now? They, well, they just need a fresh start. In, in some of your passion. Well, when I when I finished undergrad, um, there was a, a, a man that was in his 90s that was getting his degree. And he had a hard life and um, he was not a very wealthy man. So his whole thing was he would save up his money and he would take a class here and on um, a semester and he may not have money until two or three years later and take a class, but he, he never gave up on his dreams. He said, he was the only one in his family to go to college, but he wanted to go to college and graduate. His whole thing was to graduate. And it took him until he was 90. And that tells me one thing. And that one thing it tells me is this, as long as you have breath in your nostrils, as long as you have life, that tells me that the God Almighty is not done with you. He's not finished with you. You're not washed up. You're not used up. You know, um, everything can change in a second. Anything can change in a moment. Mm -hmm. Things can change in one second. In fact, I'm actually writing a book right now on how the way the brain works and how you can snap out of negative thinking. Because what happens is um, when you, I call it stinking thinking. Whenever you involve yourself in stinking thinking, it starts to spiral down and spiral down. And it's, it's one thought. Maybe you say, I'm not pretty enough, or you say, I'm not smart enough, or I don't have it enough. So what ends up happening is that one negative thought it basically begins to spiral and spiral, and then it gets down. And by the time you know it, it could be five minutes. And, and one of the premises of my, my new book is this. I always tell people this. God has gifted us with 86,400 seconds in a day. And a lot of times we spoil 86,400 seconds for five seconds or six seconds. For example, it might be a spouse. It might be a child. It might be a boss. They come to you and they say something negative to you. And once they say something negative to you, that takes five seconds. But that one negative comment, you allow five seconds, two seconds, three seconds to destroy and annihilate 86,400 seconds. Come on, man, you can do better than that. Don't let it happen. So what I've, what I've learned, and I've learned a couple of tools in this new book, is different mind uh, tools and different brain tools that you can do to basically, uh, when someone says a negative comment to you or when you get a bad news or something happens negative, how you can snap out of it within seconds, within literally seconds, mm -hmm. so that you won't start the whole trajectory of spiraling down, 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 all the way to the abyss. And so I always tell people, don't allow 10 seconds, I mean, or five seconds to destroy 86,400 seconds because life is a precious gift and it's not meant to be wasted. 
And I always say this when I wake up, one of my affirmations is today is going to be a special occasion. I love that. Is that what you say every day? Every day. I said today is going to be a special occasion. Oh man, we need to write that one down, everyone. Yes. Today is going to be a memorable occasion. You're yes. setting yourself up from the minute you wake up for exactly. success. And no it's, matter it's what the, happens. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the law of anticipation. Mm. It's the law of anticipation, you know? And that's a very, very important, important um, law because uh, researchers, they've done a study where they take rats, okay? And they put them in a bucket. And one of the rats, they give them like some sort of ladder to climb out. So they throw the rat in the water. The rat is drowning. The rat is swimming and swimming and swimming. They give him a ladder and he, uh, he basically gets on the ladder and he jumps out of the bucket. Now they do the same exact experiment with another rat. They put him in a dark setting and in a dark room and no ladder. And so then the rat is swimming and swimming and swimming, trying to find some sort of thing to get him out. He doesn't get out. And then after a while, after a few minutes, the rat stops swimming. And even when they put in the ladder to get out, the rat, the, the rat although he can feel it, he still doesn't want to get out. He kind of gives up. And I feel like that's a lot of times what happens in life. People, they, 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 they have a goal, they have a dream, they, they experience some, some setbacks, but then they face some, some, some major, major challenges, some major, major hurdles. And after they face these hurdles, at some point they just, oh, man, I just, they just give up. Man, I'm just too tired to keep climbing this mountain. I'm just too tired. I'm just all beat up. Every time I just keep getting knocked down. But I'm here to tell you, Kelly's here to tell you, you might be knocked down, but you're not knocked out. A righteous man or a righteous woman gets knocked down six times, but he gets up that seventh time. And I'm here to tell you right now, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what situation you're in, but I'm here to tell you, get back up again. Help is on the way. Amen. Help is on the way. It is. I, I, I'm, I'm taking so many notes right now. So <laughs> I want to jump on over to your books. Because yes, yes. a bunch of books. Yes. Taking all what you're saying in, they're part of even your book titles. I mean, supersize your life, staying positive in a negative world, being a promotable person. First of all, which one of these was your favorite to write? Do you have a favorite? Um, it always have to be your first book because that took the longest, right? Um, to be honest with you, Kelly, I never anticipated that I would write any books. Right now, I'm up to about 20 books. I never anticipated writing one book um, because early on, uh, books were were such a, a negative thing for me in terms of, um, you know, having a learning disability and reading disability. So I I never really wanted to read until I got the help that I that I that I needed. But so the fact that I wrote a book in and of itself is a miracle right there. And the fact that I've uh, that people, you know, I go places and when people uh, ask me for uh, an autograph, I mean, even to this day, to be quite honest, that still blows my mind. And I get letters from, you know, President Bill Clinton. I get letters from President Jimmy Carter and, you know, royal families and, you know, um, first ladies, Laura Bush and Barbara Bush. 
and they and they read my books and they they, they write me and thank me and it's like I mean I'm, I'm literally blown away I'm like I'm just like I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just a guy from Dade County you know what I'm saying you know from Broward County so it's like it's kind of weird but I realize that I've stepped into my my moment in my life and I've stepped into my truth and everyone here listening they have a moment I always say this like in my my first book here is uh it's called life on purpose I don't know if you can see it here but in life on purpose it's all about one thing I always say this everyone has two important events in their life the first event is when you're born because you broke through a barrier no one is a loser you had to fight over six billion sperm cells to be birth. So no one is a, is, a, is a loser. You started off your life as a winner. You had to fight all those other guys out and boom, you, you proceeded and you came through. So life on purpose. So the first big event is when you're born. And second is when you find out why you're born. Wow, that's important. And every single human being under the sound of my voice was born for a purpose. And I believe that every single one is made to make one significant contribution to humanity. And that is your goal to figure that out. You're, you're to make one contribution. And uh, the second one is, it's called being a promotable person. You know, we live in an age where uh, entrepreneurship is very sexy and it's very cool. But you know, not everyone is gonna be an entrepreneur. Some of us are gonna be employees, right? So being a promotable person, it talks about basically how to overcome stress, how to think like an owner, how to become a strategic communicator, how to achieve more with less, realizing how the power of teamwork makes the dream work, how to develop a standard of excellence in the simple things. So this is a workbook as well as a book on the very things that you need to do to become a the best version of yourself in the workplace. And then we have Leadership Sideways. Leadership Sideways is all about one thing, the greatest among you will be the servant among you. We all have those leaders, whether they're coaches, whether they be ministers, whether they be former managers or bosses, that although they had a title of a leader or a boss, the, what, what, what made them stand out to us was they were servant leaders. They were all about helping us on the climb, helping us get to the next level. And then we have Supersize Your Life. This one is a book about abundance that you know exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can ask, think, or imagine. Don't play small. I always say go big or go home, baby, you know? And then of course, mindset. It's always a mindset thing. This one is staying positive in a negative world. This one is uh, one of the most popular books right now. They're, they're, during the, uh, this COVID, it's been flying off the shelves. And, um, and so this staying positive, it's all about mindset. You know, because if you don't have the, the, the correct mindset, no matter what industry you're in, whether you're in sales, whether you're in marketing, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a coach, whether you're a business executive, whether you're someone in government, if you don't have the right mindset, you will not win. It's always boils down to mindset. You know, one person looks at the glass and says it's half full. Another one looks at it and says it's half empty. It's all about a mindset. How do you look at that? How do you see it, you know? And I want to just go back because, yes, it is all about mindset. And But I want to go back to the purpose, you know, your purpose in life, what you said. Yes. I know a lot of people struggle with finding their purpose, even at any age, you know, in their 50s. Again, 
they say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. So how do you, can you tell that person right now, how would you suggest somebody that's searching, how do they find their purpose? I would say the first step you have to take is you have to demystify it. Because whenever you think purpose, a lot of times we have such uh, thinking of grandiosity and it's so big, but you know, some of uh, some of the greatest people have, you will never know their names because they'll never end up in a newspaper. They'll never end up in a magazine. But what you what the, the best way to find your purpose is this. Ask yourself a question and you have to be honest with yourself. What are you good at? Okay, find out what are you good at? What comes naturally to you that might come difficult to other people? Okay. And so you got to ask yourself, what do you, uh, and, and, and another question you, you need to ask yourself is this, what would I be doing if money wasn't an option? What would I be doing if money wasn't an option? Once you ask yourself those questions, then you can figure out. For some people, they say, you know what? I've always liked to work with kids. Or some people would say, you know what? I've always liked to start my own business. Some people might say, you know, what? I always wanted to be a fitness trainer. Wherever you're at right now, I want you to, to draw some sort of graphic, right? Draw some sort of graphic and write three steps of how you can get from where you're currently at right now to your desired destination. So write, write it out. And, and sometimes it's good for you to write it out. Why? Because when you write it out, it provides a visual uh, marker for you to look at. So after you've written the three things that you need to do in order for you to, to get from point A to point Z, then you, you would write down, so from steps one to two, you would write down every single small detail of what you need to do to get from point, uh, from, from point one to point two. So you would break those down into many steps. And every day you would uh, look at that list and you would begin to cross things out. Now, what I don't recommend is for you to basically just stop what you're doing right now and just jump right into it and basically go into reckless abandonment where you can hurt a lot of people around you because a lot of times it could be a job that you absolutely hate, but you've been there for 20 years. I wouldn't necessarily recommending you quitting your job yet until you're able to replace your current income doing you could start as a side gig or a side hustle, start it as a side hustle, build it up, and then you'll be able to transition over, you know, and, and a lot of people, it's a, it's, it's a lot of times uh, money. So I have a question for you. And here's my question. Would you rather have a, a, a salary of 150,000 and every day you're miserable. Every time you're driving to work, you have anxiety um, you are about to have a heart attack, you're unhealthy, you're overstressed with 150,000 in a salary, or would you rather have the best dream job that you could possibly imagine? The one that you always, whenever you close your eyes and you think of yourself, this is the job that I want, but it only pays you $50,000, but it makes you the most happiest person. That's a question that you have to answer. And you need to have basically, uh, uh, an epiphany to say what what's what's more important for me the exactly 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 you have to weigh that out and exactly that, and 
be prepared because I think that's, there's your roadmap guys for your path to your purpose. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. You just gave an actual roadmap of what to do to get to your purpose. Exactly. It's simple, but you need to think about it. It's, and, it's, and, and here's why I love it. I love it. I love to simplify things because of the simple fact that if it's complicated, you won't do it. You simply won't do it. Mm-hmm. It's too many steps. That's why a lot of these uh, diet plans, they put them on apps and it's one, one step, two steps and you're there. But when you have to, you know, take the food out, you have to put the seasoning in, and you have like 15 different steps. The way the human brain works is that if it's too many steps, you just check out, you just, mm-hmm. You just like, you'll do it for like the first five days or three days, and then you just check out. But if it's one or two steps, you'll know how to do it. And you'll just say, you know what? I could do this because it's easy. It's, 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 it's brainless. It's, it's thoughtless. You just, you autopilot it, you know, you set it and you forget it. Exactly. Are you, do you journal daily? Are you a person that likes to write for yourself? For years, I've always journaled, but now um, I'm starting to get high tech. So I, I do voice, voice, uh, voice memos. So I would, uh, I, I have a recorder and I record uh, different thoughts that come to me and I just say it and may, it may be something that I have to get off my chest. I just say it and, um, and I just put it on a voice memo. Yeah. Like today is going to be a memorable day. Exactly. <laughs> that or, one is on replay, I bet. Or, yes, yes. And then I might say something like, I might say something like, um, I had a great conversation with my new friend Kelly today. It was very insightful, very, you know, um, stimulating to my mind, stimulating to my heart. You know, I would say something like that. But like a lot of the times I, I do carry my journal with me because it's like a very nice leather bound journal. And like, Major events, I like to document it, you know, like a couple of, I've had a couple of events where it was just like once in a lifetime opportunity type events. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wanted to, you know, um, because I haven't really written um, an autobiographical book yet, but one day I hope to write a a memoir or autobiography. So I'm just saving notes of like days of like what certain things happen, like that really impacted my life and that, you know, um, that you know, that I wanted to remember as much details as possible, you know? Uh, Well, speaking about all the things that you've done in writing this book, what's the most memorable experience you've had to date? Oh, wow. There's too many. Um, Let's see. This was probably going to blow your mind away, but we, uh, we were in the Cayman Islands my wonderful bride and I, and we went snorkeling. And I always wanted to see a sea turtle out in the natural. We we went under this underground cave, okay? We saw a fish that I never knew existed. I was literally crying underneath my mask under the water. There was, we saw like three or four sea turtles. We saw a Nemo fish. We saw, you know, um, some stingrays. We saw a lot of beautiful things. It was just the colors and everything was like, that was, was really cool, you know? And then of course I've done a lot of traveling. I've been to uh, over 50 countries and that's been pretty cool. And, and, um, and, you know, I've, I've met some interesting people, you know, in my life, a couple Who's of the most, who's the most interesting. Wow. That's hard. Um, this one is hard, very hard. I would say 
if I could pick one person, I'd probably say uh, the King of Spain. That was pretty interesting. The, wow. king and the, the king and the queen of Spain. Yeah. Really? What because was... I'll say this because number one, it's not every day you meet royalty. And he was very gracious um, and a very uh, down to earth person. And I was surprised how well he spoke English, you know, and, um, and the queen was like, I was a little bit uh, starstruck meeting the queen. And that was pretty cool. That was just a pretty cool moment. You know, um, a lot of people that come from where I come from don't get a chance to hold court with the king and queen of Spain. That just, it just never, it never happens in a, in, a, in a whole lifetime. So that was pretty cool. I can't even imagine. I can't yeah. even imagine all your experiences. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. They're endless. The work that you're doing, the what you give to the world is just, it's priceless what you're doing. I can't, you're all about results. There's, you do not make excuses. And I know you say that a lot. You say no more excuses, only results. And that's how you're living your life. I mean, I'm sure there's days where you're tired or you don't want to do whatever you're doing and you're going anyways. I want you to just help people to stop making excuses right now. Give some advice for them that are just sitting in there. They're tired, but they're, they're making excuses. What do you tell those people? How do you coach them to stop doing that? One of my favorite phrases is this. I always say in life, we all have two options. We could either make excuses or we can make progress, but you can't do both. In life, you can either make excuses or you can make progress. You can't do both. So I'm going to ask you to pick which one because I, I'll never forget these two twin sisters that I know. They grew up in foster care. They had a tremendously, tremendously abusive family background. Tremendously. Everything you can think of under the sun. One of them grew up to be a very healthy, emotionally, relationally, and financial person. She's a physician. She has a great life, very productive. The other one is always blaming the past, blaming society, blaming her upbringing, and she's a drug addict. So you have two sisters went through the exact same abuse. One of them has a very dark outlet, a victim outlet. Look at me. I have the horrible parentage. Everything is messed up about me. You know, no one loves me. No one cares about me. The other one says, you know what? I, you know, I, I'm glad I had bad parents because guess what? Guess what? That taught me how to be a good parent. That, that was a, a great example of what not to be. That's a great example of what a, a human being should never treat another human being as. You should never abandon your kids and abandon your family. So you, it, it's all about, like I said, taking a negative and turning it into a positive. How do you look at it? And, and, and one of the biggest things you, you need to do, you must do this if you're going to survive, you have to change the narrative. See, all of us have a story that we're telling ourselves on the inside of our, our heads. And that story is more powerful than science. It's more powerful than facts. That self-narrative. So if you are to succeed, no matter what negativity, you have to change the narrative. You have to interrupt that negative thought, mm -hmm. that negative energy, change the narrative and flip it to your advantage. That's what I say about my hashtag, revenge mind. 
And it's all about that. It's speaking back at it, taking revenge that I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to listen to that other small voice and, and screaming. Sometimes you have to say it out loud. Yes. Like stop right now. I think speaking it out. I tell my clients, I say, speak that out. Yes, you're good enough. You're hearing, I'm not good enough. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I, I don't have time. Stop that. You have to, and like you said in the beginning, the five seconds, yes. give yourself a few seconds to get, be done with it and move yes. on. And, 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 and you, and we, we can't allow feelings to control us. We have to allow facts and faith to control us because mm. we, 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 we think we, we, we deceive ourselves to think that we are, we're thinkers who feel no, 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 no. Human beings as a species, we are actually feelers that think. And many times, if you really think about when people make purchases, we think we're doing it based on logic and numbers and, you know, X's and O's. No. We make, we make purchasing decisions and business decisions with our feelings, mm -hmm. and then we try to justify it with our logic. So if you can understand, and, and I'm big on self-awareness, you have to be self-aware. You have to know who you are and also whose you are, and you have to know yourself because one of the greatest knowledges that you can ever have in the universe is knowledge of self. And, and um, I think it was Demosthenes that once said, he says, if a man wants to change the world, he must first begin by changing himself. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are some opportunities, what are some threats? If you don't know that sort of information, you're not gonna know how to come up with a plan to proceed forward. And I think your faith, I wanna talk about that for a minute because you even said on one of your Instagram messages, you put it out there, you need prayer, DM me or a prayer request and you have a very strong faith. Amen. I, Amen. And, and my faith, you know, um, I always say this, the way I approach my faith is I'm a beggar and a spiritual beggar. And I found a great feast. I mean, I'm talking with, with ham and cheese and, <laughs> you know, Turkey and grapes and all the best wine and the most finest organic whole foods food you could ever imagine, right? I found those things. And as a beggar, I'm seeing other beggars out there. I'm like, you don't have to starve. And I personally, I grew up a, a Baptist. And so I, um, you know, I believe in, in God, I believe in Christ. And so my faith has informed my life because I was down and God picked me up. I was lost and he found me. I was, you know, a lost in my sin and God, forgave me of my sins and he gave me his salvation. And so the way I approach faith is a little bit different than most people approach faith. Most people approach faith as, hey, I'm this righteous person and you guys are all going to hell and hell fire and damnation. No, I approach sin like, hey, I'm a sinner just like you, but you don't have to live that way. You can give your heart to God and he will transform you. And I like to take, I deal with a lot of people that are more like skeptical business type people, you know, they're like numbers, X's and O's type people. So I said, I put, put it to you in a way that you can understand it from a business perspective. Hmm. So if you look at it, every car has a manufacturer's guide. And in that manufacturer's guide, it tells you about how to maintain that vehicle, um, 
you know, what, what repairs to make, what type of oil to put in that car, what type of gas to, to put in that car, a maintenance schedule, how to make the car run at its most optimal level, at its most optimate, optimal speed. So I believe that God is our manufacturer. We're his little creations. If you are to have an abundant life, if you are to have the best and greatest life on this planet, why not read the manufacturer's guide? And that is the Bible, which I like to call affectionately basic instructions before leaving earth, the creator's guide. And so that is a big part of my life. Like I said, I don't go around bashing people on the head with it, but it is a significant part of what grounds me. It, it's what makes my, my it, it paints my view of the world. And what it does is it gives me an incredible amount of compassion for people. Mm-hmm. And it gives me an incredible amount of love for people. And, um, and I'm big on empathy. It's all about empathy and, and, and being able to, to cry with those that cry and weep with those that weep and, and try to uplift people and, and try to uplift their standing in this world and try to be there for people. And, um, and, and that's a big part of my life. Yes. Mine as well. And I'm listening because I just reopened my Bible this year and, you know, cause you put it down at times, I'm sure like yeah. you, you know, you're not exactly. And I have been just in my Bible so much. And I even feel the change in myself. And I grew up a Christian, but you know, you can pick up the Bible and read the same thing five times and it can give you five different messages. God will speak to you in, in many ways. And that book, like you said, has all the instructions of how exactly. to live your life. So if you're looking and, and reaching for all different things and you have yet to pick a Bible up, just try it. Your life instructions are right there, all written out for you. I just sent this one to my wife and I said, Bay, because I call her Bay. You know? I do too. <laughs> That's my husband and my phone is Bay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> it says Isaiah 43, I mean, 40 verse 31. It says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, verse 31. And I wrote at the end, I said, go and may God renew your strength. And it's like, it's very simple, like little simple little things like that. It doesn't have to be very fancy, mm-hmm. but God's word is, is uh, life. Is, is, it's, it's like water. It's like food. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the analogy, I was a beggar. I found food. I found a feast. And now I'm inviting everyone come and partake in this abundant, this, this, this elaborate meal that the king has prepared for us. Amen. It gives life. I want you to tell me, you had said you live by three things. What are those three things? And, and I want people to take notes of these three things. Now, I would say this. Now, in life... If you are to have a a good life and a successful life, there's three decisions that you must make. If you don't, if you, uh, if any one of these decisions are not made in the correct way, you do run the risk of not having a great life here on this planet. So the first one is uh, faith. What God are you going to serve? Okay. Um, Because faith grounds us. Um, And to go back to science, because again, I work with a lot of people that, you know, some of our agnostics, some are atheists, but, um, and I've even talked to Richard Dawkins, who's the world's famous, uh, most famous atheist, me and him went back and forth. And 
guy's brilliant. He's a, uh, I think he's at Princeton or Yale or something, but me and him had a talk and I was talking to him about the faith. But I would say that scientists will tell you that when someone dies on this planet, um, eight ounces of weight just disappears from them. They don't know where what that is. Um, some say they've done research. First, they said maybe it's the blood pressure because they, the heart stopped pumping, maybe the blood pressure, and then it has an effect on the weight. They did tests. It's not that. I believe it's the spirit of that person that leaves because you're not your body, okay? You're greater than that. So which God are you going to serve? Number two is who will you spend the rest of your life with? Who are you going to love? Your romance, your relationship. Who are you going to be with? Because you spend a large portion of your life with that spouse, with that person, right? So if you pick a wrong spouse, unfortunately, you're going to have a miserable life, you know, because that person is a, is a very integral part of who you are in a, of your life. So first one is who, who you're going to, which God you're going to serve. Secondly is who you're going to marry. And third, what are you going to do with your hands? In other words, what are you, what career path you're going to take? What's going to be your mission in life? If you pick a wrong one of that, then of course that could be uh, impactful. And it, even if you're stuck right now and you say, I'm in a, a career that is not my ideal, there's other ways you can fill that void in your heart by volunteering, getting involved on a board of director of an organization, um, volunteering for a, a cause um, that you really believe in. And that can be a way you can fulfill that part of your life. Um, and, and that's very, very important. That's very, very important. Um, I always say that we are spiritual beings having a physical reality. We're not physical beings having a spiritual reality. We're actually spiritual beings. And so if you realize that, that's a very, very important thing. I love all three of those. I I'm, hope you guys are writing these down and even going back and listening to all this amazing information that you're passing on to my listeners. I want to know right now, Gibson, what are you working on in your business? Like what right now? Yep. In the present. Right now, um, we have uh, several different partnerships that we're doing with different brands, different companies. Um, we have coaching, uh, what they call coaching silos that we're doing. So we have uh, coaching for professional athletes. And, he and here's the reason we, in the past, we've brought different people together from different uh, industries. And that's good because you can almost cross pollinate. So we have uh, like a silo for athletes. They can be golfers. They can be tennis players. They can be football players. And we, we have a certain program that we're running with them. We have uh, a silo for corporate executives, uh, people that are mostly in sales, marketing, and then upper leadership. Then we have some other things for nonprofits, people that are in nonprofit leadership. So we have those uh, silos going together. And then um, we also have, uh, we're, we're, we're also helping people that want to promote. Um, we have a, a social media and marketing agency that we help companies actually promote uh, their businesses. Um, like for example, in th this week, I've been in Yahoo Finance. I've been in Market Watch. I've been on ABC, NBC, Fox uh, Business. I've been, um, where else? Uh, Associated Press. I've gotten, I've like, um, I've gotten press that have reached millions of people just this one week alone. And so I want to do the same for other people. Um, 
we have a, a program where we can uh, have people on my show. I have a show called uh, Leaders, Followers, and Everything in Between. So if they, they come on my show, I get uh, we create a buzz for them on all the social media platforms. And then we have uh, a whole bunch of press that comes along with it. And what it does is it helps them to become ubiquitous. It helps to bring brand awareness and it helps their phone to ring because uh, you could have the greatest mousetrap in the world, but if people don't know about you, they can't do business with you. So my job is to, to make you popular and to get you a buzz and to get people knowing who you are, what you're doing in the community, what products, what services that you are doing. And so that you can start getting that, uh, that, that, that cash register ringing. So we have uh, that program and that's been going very, very successful during the pandemic um, because a lot of people have been taking those opportunities to not shrink back during the pandemic, but to expand the field and expand their, their actual uh, companies wow. during the pandemic. Congratulations. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. I mean, all the success that you're having, you're just putting so much out there and helping so many people and changing lives and empowering people. It's incredible. And I'm and I'm going to be praying for you and everything that you're doing because it's amazing. But I do have to ask, do you sleep? You know, um, my, my doctor said I need to get more sleep. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was... <laughs> I, I was yeah. so curious of your answer here. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I would, I'll leave it at this. Me and sleep, we have a very dubious relationship, but um, it's been improving lately. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay, because this is self-care, Gibson, is very important for the work you're doing and you're giving so much of yourself. We want to make sure you're taken care of too. Yes, I, I, I have been, um, I have people that, uh, that care about me that have been pushing me to, to sleep more because what, what happens is I'm so passionate about what I do mm -hmm. that sometimes I get so passionate about it. I'm so fired up about helping people. I'm seeing results. Uh, people call me, they're, they're uh, you know, I, I call myself a, a business and life strategist. So um, I, I, I help people like somebody will call me and they'll say, Hey, my daughter's um, I just got a call. Someone's daughter was trying to kill herself. She was trying to overdose on drugs. So I work with his daughter. He hired me to work with his daughter to try to get her out of this negative funk that she's in. And we were able to work with her and help her out. And there was some schooling issues that she needed to get pulled out of certain environments. So we work with that. Then I have a, a, an MBA, so um, so I help. I have a very strong uh, analytical mind in terms of looking at people's whole business. It doesn't matter what business you're in. I always say, it doesn't matter your business because I work on the business of the business. I look at it, I, I have a way of deducing certain things. I take it from a bird's eye view and I'm able to see this is the area that, that you're, that, that is, that's why you're losing money. That's why your company's not growing. And I'm able to put together a simple plan because we talked about simple. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a saying in my office that says, stab, simple things are better. Simple things are better. You know, it's called stab. So, um, so and the reason we like to keep things simple is because uh, complexity is the enemy of action. I'll say that again. Complexity is the enemy of action. When things are so complex, people just don't do anything. 
you know, and, and it all comes down also to the power of focus. We have to learn focus because a focus is one of the greatest powers in the universe. When you focus, anything's possible. And I think that's what a lot of people lack. They lack focus. I'm sure you see it all the time. When you get them to focus on even one thing, they can make progress and then yes. do the next thing. Yes. And, and, and they try and the focus goes because there's too many things they need to do. And I think, do you find that people just put too much on their plate maybe and they can't focus on one thing so nothing ends up getting done and they can't move forward or keep climbing? I, I've studied this, uh, this brilliant uh, Italian philosopher uh, called Mr. Pomodoro. And um, I don't know, have you read uh, any of his stuff? No. So Mr. Pomodoro, he has a principle and it's all been backed by science, by the way. So the Pomodoro principle is this, that as human beings, we're only able to focus in 15 to 25 minute increments. Mm -hmm. Because what, what happens is anything beyond that, your brain begins to participate in, um, in forgetting and attrition. So that's why uh, to all my college students out there, because um, I, I, I try to teach different uh, brain, brain hacks to, to, mem to memorize a lot of things. So if you study for 25 minutes, and this goes for high school or it, it could go for a CEO as well. So if you study for 25 minutes, take a five minute break, get up. You have to physically get up, uh, walk around. Um, if you want, you can go and check social media or get a Coke, just study in 25 increments because here's what happens to the brain. This is what happens in the brain. They've done tons of research on this. So what happens is the way that human brain works is your brain, it pays attention to the first few minutes. It, it, it almost galvanized the first few minutes. And it, it's like, because your brain is telling yourself, this is important, this is important, this is important. And also when you get to that 20 to 25 minute mark, your brain, it picks up, it kicks up again. And it says, this is important, this is this important, this is important. So it brings some sense of recency to your information and it makes your brain, it, it almost like tricks your brain into telling your brain that this information is important. But what happens is when you study, like let's say you're, you're, uh, you wait to the last minute and you're cramming for a test, mm -hmm. you're trying to study for four or five hours straight. And, and, and typically a lot of people end up failing those tests. It's because your brain kicked out like maybe two or three hours before. But had you just studied in that 25 minute increment, took a break, maybe write down some post-it notes of like the main points, and then after about five minute uh, furlough or five minute rest, pick back up and started studying again, you would find that your brain will actually retain a lot more of that information. So that is called the Pomodoro method. And so, um, so it's very important, very, very important. And it makes so much sense. You know, yeah. like you said, these kids, they try to cram four or five hours. Yes, taking the five minute break, it probably refreshes their spirit too. You know, everything yeah, and, refreshed. And, and think of teachers in schools. Right. Why give a, a two or three hour lecture to kids and the kids are zoned out. Mm. So sometimes the best thing, if you're uh, working in education, mm -hmm. sometimes the best thing is perhaps just have lessons in 15 minutes at lessons, break your lesson down, take a break, do a, a quick review, have the kids do a, a, like a fun activity and then jump right back into it. Because um, that's why I think that's why kids hate school mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. We use the same exact model that they used literally 300 years ago. Mm -hmm. if, 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 if you would have brought a teacher back from the dead three, 400 years ago, 
they the only thing they'll recognize they wouldn't recognize smartphones they wouldn't recognize alexa they wouldn't recognize amazon but the only thing they'll recognize is the american classroom because it's the same thing one person you know 40 or 30 heads in front of the classroom chalkboard or, or now they have the uh the notebook uh, laptops but it's it's a very very we, we need to innovate more in terms of education and how we educate college and educate uh you know k through 12. that is something that needs to be worked on 100 percent and what you said innovate everything else is rapidly changing in our country in our world it, and why aren't the schools keeping up with it? That's a whole other topic because yes. you're so right. Their children's attention spans, because I have two children, the phone has taken a whole new, you, you know, it's just changed everything for children in their minds. So like you said, sitting in a classroom for six hours, I mean, they're not, they need fast lessons breaks in between so they can rejuvenate and then come back to it with a new sense and a new, you know, new minds coming back into it. They can't, they can't sit there for that long. Wow. That's, you know, and you know, another thing is, is that as a society, it's too much information overload. You know, if you lived in the 14th century, if you're a human being that lived in the 14th century, the, you know, we consume more information in one day than someone in, that was born in the 14th century consumed in their entire lifetime. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's mind boggling. Mind blowing. There used to be a, a point where the, the amount of information in the world duplicated every year or every six months. Now, the amount of information, they call it metadata, it duplicates every single 28 days. That means all the information in the world literally duplicates every 28 days to the point where it's hard to keep up with everything. It's almost so difficult to keep up with everything, you know? Extremely, extremely. And that's why we need to find out what our purpose is and do your roadmap roadmap to the purpose so we can stay on the path and stay on the track and be in, in just change the world around us. Right. That's what it's all about is being a life changer. Exactly. And And you're making transformations on and the listen, daily. If anybody, I just came out with a report. Um, I do a lot of what they call white papers. And these white papers are uh, people that are working with our organization that are doing uh, some of the coaching and some of the programs that we do. We, we, we do research-based white papers that help them to make better everyday decisions. I mean, it's very valuable. Um, it's worth literally uh, thousands of dollars, but I'm willing to give, there's one that I that I we recently created our team. It's called How to Survive in This New Economy, because we're living in a new economy. Mm-hmm. If you're operating your business the same way you did before COVID, you're probably not going to win. Because people don't realize it that literally 90% of businesses fail within the first five years. So it's a it's a, I mean, business is a is a contact sport, right? So if you guys reach out to us at greatest speaker in the world.com greatest speaker in the world.com if you go down you're going to see a, a email sign up if you sign up for the email and say send me the covid 19 business survival kit we'll send it to you free of charge amazing so greatest speaker in the world.com type in the email uh thing there and say send me 
the COVID-19 Business Survival Guide. We'll make sure we get that out to you. Thank you so much. This is amazing. And I'm going to put that in the show notes. Please and do. Gibson, I think we need to do a part two on Addicted to Let's the Climb. Let's do it. I mean, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We could just, I could ask you in so many more questions. I mean, this has been such an experience with you today and it's such a blessing in more ways than I can even tell you. I, I'm blessed. I know my listeners are definitely feeling very blessed. They're ready to go out and make changes. They're ready to go out and make mindset switch shifts and maybe pivot a little in what they're doing. Yes. So many things came out of this conversation today. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm so thankful for our new friendship. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Very excited and just honored for your friendship and you taking the time today to be here. Well, I just want to say to all of your listeners, you know, I met Kelly uh, through, a, a, we have a mutual friend. Uh, and one thing I will say about her is this world is a very dark world. And there's very few moments where you meet someone and you see the love of God, you see the light and just, you just know that this person is living their purpose. And I just want to say that about you. You're living your purpose. You are someone that's shining such a bright light in this dark, dark world. And God is using you in a profound way. And I just want you to know, don't ever get discouraged uh, because you are doing great work. And those of you that are working with her and those of you that are thinking about working with her, please make that a big consideration because if you work with Kelly, I can guarantee you one thing. She will give you 110%. I can guarantee you that. She really has your best interests in mind. And whatever condition you're in, I guarantee you your life will improve 100%. 100%. Thank you so very much, honestly. You're bringing a tear to my eye. This is... This has been truly amazing. Thank you again for that. And I feel so blessed. So Likewise. enjoy the rest of your day. We will, will put those links in the show notes. Where else can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Well, I'm, um, I'm on LinkedIn, just my name, Gibson Sylvester. Uh, I'm on Instagram, which is Gibson Sylvester 777. Uh, Twitter is the same handle, just my name. Um, I'm everywhere on social media. So please follow me um, from really my, my content. I, I, I'm very conscious about the content that we put out there. It's always going to be uplifting. It's always going to be adding value to you as a, as a, as a person. And it's always going to be encouraging. And we've had posts that have literally gotten like, you know, 150 uh, likes or views or uh, what they call impressions. And I feel the reason that people resonate with it is because people get, they feel a sense of hope. Because if you think about it, most of the time when you look at posts, a lot of it, it's a very uh, self-focused and, and very, you know, which is fine if, you know, some of you ladies out there, you look really good. You want everyone to know it, you know, you know, if you're happy and you know, it, let, let the whole world know type of a deal. But, you know, um, then there's a place, there's a time and place for that, but there's also a time and place where, you just want to encourage people. You just want to pick people up. Um, someone once said recently that be kinder than necessary to other people because everyone you meet is fi fighting some sort of battle. So 
And that's what it comes down to. You don't know what that person's going through. It could be something uh, business wise. It could be something relational wise or even emotionally. Try to be kind out there. We need to have a revolution of kindness in the world Mm. and empathy. Like if I could challenge you with one thing and one word is empathy, what is your empathy rating? Do you care when you hear people suffering or people going through a difficult time? Because if you can develop empathy, um, it'll help you in every area of your life. Can you imagine if your customers realized that you cared about them? You know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of my customers and clients were hit hard. I got on the phone. I started calling them. And you know what I was helping them do? I was helping them apply for the PPE loans um, and, you know, paycheck protection loans and just helping them out and giving them all, all sorts of resources that, you know, some of them are a little bit older. They don't know how the internet works and all this stuff. I just made myself available. I wasn't charging them a fee for service. I was just out there just, hey, I want you to do well. I, you know, I care about them. I call them up. I ask them about their kids. How is your daughter doing? How's, you know, I noticed your wife had surgery, you know, and it's just empathy. Wonderful. You know, if somebody, if somebody had a choice, people like to do business with people they know, like, um, and, and, and the people that actually care about them. Mm-hmm. If you don't actually care about your uh, clients or your employees, how are you, how are you going to try to innovate to make their lives improve? Mm. Some of the best inventions that we've had in, in, in the business industry is you actually empathizing with someone. Maybe you've gone through something and say, you know, I'm going to create an invention, a product or service that will help someone not suffer the same way I have suffered. Mm. Look, look at the woman... Um, Sarah Blakely that created Spanx. Mm-hmm. Her billion dollar idea came out of her compassion, out of her empathy. Mm-hmm. She wanted to help women who were experiencing the same dilemma she was experiencing. Exactly. And it's very true. Empathy. Big time. I'm a big believer in that, you know. If that's not your word, then make it your word for 2021. Empathy. Write yes. it down. I love it. Yes. Gibson, thank you again so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. And Likewise. Again, I want everyone to know you. So I'm going to post about you and get your name out to my people because thank that's you. Likewise. Likewise. And I, thank you so much. And I just can't wait till we meet again. Yes. Yes. Hopefully very soon we'll break bread together. Exactly. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you love this show. Don't forget to screenshot, tag us reach out to us with anything. And until next week, keep on climbing. If you love this episode, make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I am offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytyan.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. Until the next time, keep on climbing.